Welcome to the Roll Down Podcast, hosted live on Twitch every Tuesday night. Now, here's your hosts, Cutler and Saul! Hello everyone and welcome to the Roll Down, a Teamfight Tactics podcast. Fresh from OC regionals, watch parties, staying up late, cheering for our friends as they push towards the world championships. I am joined by my co-streamer, my watch party friend, my co-host on this production that we have together, Sol. Welcome to the show to be here as always and guys we have another returning guest a man who of course if you are a oceanic tft southeast asian fan you will know this man he is an absolute wizard at tft he's so incredibly humble with his time and has agreed to come back and join us to recap the regional events that riot do not let him participate in it is chaos keith welcome to the podcast thank you for coming back thank you guys for having me justice for sea but on to oce regionals guys we're going to talk about regionals first it was on a previous patch and we're going to come back later on and talk about uh what's coming up basically b patch worlds the meta right now first of all though we have to look back so I'm going to come to you with a question initially. Uh, what were your thoughts on OC regionals overall? How'd you feel? An open question. <laughs> mm. I loved it. I mean, I I loved every second of it. Um, I thought it was really really exciting to you know, see all these players that you know a lot of, a lot of who which stream a lot of who which I you know interact with because you know I'm streaming myself right. It's really really cool to sort of see a lot of these storylines converge um watch them really sort of battle it out give it all give it their all you know tears of being you know tears of being shed you know there are moments of triumph for some moments of despair for others and um yeah it was it was it was, it was a great weekend oh it's always hard when uh, someone's favorite moment is the tears shed on the battlefield of teamfight tactics to really follow that up I'd, I'd love to come to you keith and, and ask you a little bit about your experience watching um watching oc regionals over last weekend oh that was actually a lot of emotions because i was rooting for the boys like they were like, going through a lot of shit so yeah i was going through it with them so it's crazy we all were we all were everyone was go- everyone was going through it from the main broadcast to to every every single individual stream all over i mean i don't think i've seen such intense tft sort of reactions to a game by game tft basis in a in a long time uh, i'd love to sort of um talk a little bit about the players that we had going into the event uh keith you said you know, I'm rooting for the boys. I'm in the streams watching the boys every night. Um, talk to me a little bit about, like, what it's like to, I don't know, kind of backseat, like, look over the shoulder of your friend as they're, as they're playing TFT at the highest level. I mean, they're just playing the game, right? They we, we learn from each other, like, all the time. So, like, seeing them, like, doing the things that are... Uh, I maybe taught them or, you know, they taught me and they, they do it on stage. I mean, on, on like the, in the games, it's pretty nice. Uh, there's like so much improvement as well that I've seen. So, mm. so similar question for you. Talk to me a little bit about coming into this event. You know, I guess I want to know who the, you know, I guess we should say we stream, we watch different hovs of different players every night like who were you really rooting for going into the event um question <laughs> um realistically uh i'm always gonna be a bit biased and i'm always gonna root for people that you know i know that i've interacted with so i i was really uh i was really mostly rooting for like all the streamers out there so like uh angora esha kade uh on that's yeah, TXC, which is the name now, but yeah, <laughs> um, 
Oh, man, I, I, I'm probably missing some names, but like, you know, pretty much like that sort of crowd, right? It, it's definitely who I was rooting for. Um, Maxi, Maxi Von Rye, of course. Didn't even say his name. Yeah, Maxi Von Loke, shout out to Ari. Like, yeah, pretty much, you know, if you play TFT, if you stream, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I totally, totally agree with you. It's really, um, it's really heartbreaking to what you know watch somebody and and they get so close and maybe they don't make it or, or maybe they maybe they do make it i want to um i want to ask a little bit about first of all i'm we're going to start with uh just sort of a couple of sort of recaps of the event for a few players i'd like to talk about probably obviously oceania's most um let's say popular pro player in esha i will say you know the one that garners a lot of um a lot of views, a lot of attention, really fan, really funny guy, really clever, really creative. Um, you know, Sol, how Escher got really close. You know, talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about how you um, how you found watching Escher over the few days. Oh man, yeah, he got a uh, he got heartbreakingly close, and his run was very, you know, it was very impressive as well for like how on an, <laughs> on, an, on a nice edge it was at times. You know, he um, snuck into was it day day two at at the at the, at, at the 16th seed right mm-hmm. then i believe he made he made day three fairly convincingly as well but then yeah like the way the day three played out the point structure like the points and everything there was essentially like a three-way tie for uh top two with with Kade sort of trailing behind as well also threatening to take that top two placement um obviously you know for those that don't know there are, there are two slots for oce for worlds so you know top two of day three gets to go to worlds uh, it was a very very tense very intense um pressure situation right and uh i mean look in terms of like aim quality right i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be, you know i'm not gonna sit back and critique too much i'm not gonna be chatting or anything i think Esha played quite well i'm you know, obviously like mistakes were made in certain points spots you know you can always i feel like tft is a game where you have infinite time infinite information like infinite time to like process all the probability like the possibilities all the different options you can say like oh in this situation you should do this 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 this, this right the right way to go about it but you know we need to remember that like these are players in you know very high pressure situations they don't get a lot of time to make these decisions these decisions you only get like 20 30 seconds to make a choice and you know that's where we see these sort of you know differences in people's play styles you know why they like you know why they tend towards the things they do right and so i think esha has i think esha has a play style that like lends itself very well to 20s um i've noticed like watching his games he's a very in my opinion i think he's a very good sort of micro 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 player like in terms of like positioning he'll be you know he he'll definitely find the right spots um and there were there was a game in particular where he had uh he got given future future site 2 which uh gives you a, a radiant zephyr and lets you know who you're fighting next uh every single fight uh, and i felt like he he played that like almost to perfection and i was very very impressed with his uh his play there yeah, very um, a very good point because a lot of um, a lot of TFT, of course, is very we sort of generalize quite a lot with this is uh, these are objectively this is what we know about TFT and what we don't know about TFT is uh, the uncontrollable factor. You know how someone's going to react to the given situation, but when we are given uh, tournament choices, things like Shroud Zephyr frozen heart these things all play a very significant factor in kind of the overall position of, of players in the lobby uh keith i'd love to come to you and it's i mean a Kade, uh a guest who we will have on in a couple of weeks time you know so much love for you Kade. thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast with us in a couple of weeks he got so close Keith, I was wondering yeah, if you could yeah. sort of talk about your experience kind of watching him and, and how he played and, and what that was like. I mean, the first time I, uh, first time I kind of noticed Kade, he's just like a solo queue player on like ladder, right? And then he was just like sniping me on stream and he's always in my chat. He's always emoting me. He's always using the Seraphine emote. I was like, <laughs> this guy, this guy's so troll. And then the first time I, uh, I, like, he's always, me and him were always, like, top two in our games. And so we were just, like, trolling around. And then, um, I think the, what was the tourney that, uh, the first tourney you played? I think, what was it? Challenger Series? Challenger Series? 
believe the, so. Yeah, he like he just like completely choked in in in, in his first thirties, and then he got like super like demoralized. It's like, oh, maybe this guy isn't that good because I thought he was like really good, but like uh and then I started getting to know him, and like he had like a lot of potential, so I kind of um. We kind of like just built our like friendship off that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, in the three days that he played, it was like pretty insane how much uh he improved every single day. So I'm really fucking happy for him. Really proud of him. I'd love to bring up something that happened on broadcast where um. Uh, Sleppy, one of the commentators, talked about Kade being uh, tilt-proof. And I found that quite funny at the time. You know, we were sort of chatting in our little group call, sort of talking about the fact that Kade, like, turned his stream off after two games of one day of the tournament, um, but came back really, really well every single day. I mean, literally, as every day was going on, he was playing better and better. Like, we did a big... You know, I did, like, six hours of... um, VOD review for Carde going over all of his games because, of course, he was going to be on this evening's podcast. And basically, I mean, the di- like the differences in like composure and predictability and and just everything just went up every single game from from game on game on game. And some of that, of course, uh, plays into the the. Um, varying factor of, of what you get given during your games of course we can only mitigate so much when we do that kind of yeah. thing but uh one of the things that uh card a and i hope you don't mind me saying if you are out there listening is you know you should be very proud of yourself you should be very proud for how well you did it's really heartbreaking to get so close but um you know players that players that have noticeable improvements during events like that you know, those are the players that will come back stronger and stronger every time. Uh, I, it's really hard to go from heart, like, like heartbreaking to heartbreaking. It, it, it really is a podcast that, uh, you know, we, when recapping this, I was sitting there and I was thinking to myself, we're going to have to talk about some really fucking unfortunate scenarios. And I really want to talk about Angora and Angora's games, um, I mean, I'd love uh, to you, Keith, to open up with how you felt watching Angora over the over the first two days of the event. Honestly, I honestly think he played like really well in those games. I just said like like sometimes um, there's a lot of uh, more dogging going on. <laughs> so at the highest level, you will. His always... games were so hard. His games were like so hard to play. Like if I were to play those games, I wouldn't have played like. I would have placed uh like as high as he did. I would have like just gone eighth every game. So he played really fucking well. I'd love Sadly, to, it's just yeah, not enough, you know. Sometimes it, yeah. it's like just so heartbreakingly close. I was wondering if maybe you could expand a little bit on on what you mean when you say like playing a a, a game from a hard scenario. I know that we're talking the sort of the very highest level of TFT, but there will be people out there, you know, that are that are newer players or, or players that are learning about TFT. So I was wondering in your own words, like how you describe like re-watching Angora or watching Angora's games and thinking like, fuck man, even I wouldn't have done that. Like I would have done worse doing like in this scenario. Like, I don't know if I would have made this choice and he's got a better result than I would have out of this kind of thing. Well, like there's like so many things, right? There's like items, there's like, uh, units to pick up and all these like unit RNG, fight RNG, like mm. basically it was like the low average of everything that that he like rolled. So yeah, he did what he did what uh he did with the things that he had. So it's like hard to explain. Yeah. It's like really fucking hard to explain. <laughs> no, um. Soul. I mean, I might come to you and, and ask you if you potentially have a a way that you would describe that kind of scenario, potentially. I'd love to kind oh, of sure. cra- crowdsource Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, I'll just quickly comment that, like, yeah, I mean, going into the the 20, Angora was, like, my favorite of making it to the top two in the final day. I think he was the favorite of a lot of people. I think it's, um, I think, like, it's pretty undisputed that Angora is the best error in just the whole region. And I, I, I think, like, if not the best, like, most people at least have him, like, top two, like, top three. Like, it, it's, it's... You know, maybe there's a few players up to today, but at least in my books, like I, I think he's you know the best player in the. He region. is the best player. Um, yeah. So I think that yeah yeah. So that's gonna be like it's important to sort of frame uh, the discussion, which like where I'm going to next, which is where I feel like that um from my point of view, from the way I saw it, um, though I I watched like his spots, um, I definitely feel like he uh played quite well in you know a lot of spots that would have been otherwise very difficult. I do, however, felt that there were spots where, um. He basically put himself into a position where it was very possible for him to get very like more affected like by like low roll like more more hit like hit harder by low roll. Um, in in particular, um, there were quite a few games where he played uh Warwick reroll, and as is the case with any reroll comp, um, the very you got to sort of you got to bring you got to sort of ratchet up like the the level of variance essentially gets ratcheted up quite high because uh your your board ends up being quite inflexible you have to play around the specific unit if you don't hit the units well too bad like your board doesn't do anything right if the units are good uh you know it's not saying that like the decision to play this comp was incorrect or anything like that that would be results oriented right but like you know you need to acknowledge that like um are opening yourself up to being unlucky and now the thing is that i I personally felt I when I was watching this I was somewhat disappointed because I feel like Angora is one of the best uh, flex players, if not the best flex flex player in the entire server. So um, what that's got and so I'm gonna like use that to sort of answer the question of like what does it mean to play well in these situations? What what is a hard game? What is an easy game, right? So the way I be, I believe that like we can sort of pro, we can sort of frame it think about it is we can think of TFT as a game of essentially multiple different sort of like trees of decisions multiple different lines that you take that all branch out into like tons of different decisions and so what makes a player like good right in this game a player that is like truly good in this game is somebody that can see all the different trees and be able to pick the best tree out of those options if that makes sense and so that's what like essentially a hard game is a hard game is a game where you're given multiple different trees for you to potentially go down and sometimes midway going through a tree you have to pivot and move into a completely separate tree if that makes sense there are spots where basically like there are decisions that a weaker player would completely like not see that a better player you know somebody like angora will be able to identify right? and will be able to go down that lane so yeah at the risk of you know rambling too much um, that's what I believe distinguishes sort of the better player, the good players from the truly great players. Yeah, good answer. Good answer. I think, um, I mean, I have total agreement with both of you. You know, I think Angor is the best player on the server. It's bare, it's, I don't even think it's particularly close. You know, watching him play the game is to like, um, I don't know. I'd like to use a sports analogy where there are professional sportsmen who spend their lives playing and training and uh, someone with just like this innate ability just blows you out of the mind, out of the water compared to this guy who works really hard and trains really hard and is still a professional player. There's like a, there's like levels to these things. Um, as Kendrick Lamar would say, there are levels, uh, you know, I really apologize for that. I don't know why I would say that during this podcast. Sounds <laughs> <That was> terrible. <laughs> God. Um, but you know, one of the most important things when it comes to when it comes to talking about skill is like the the levels, the levels of, of like just sheer competitiveness. And when people like me watch Angora, I just think like, how does he do that? sometimes you know and, and i really feel that when he plays very flexibly and i really I like watching that is is such a such a treat and i'm i'm very i'm very sad that we won't get to see angora at, uh, at set 6.5 world championships as an oc representative but that doesn't mean that he won't be a world's representative for oc i feel like it's only a matter of time for these kind of things um from talking about our fallen comrades, our friends, the people who got so close but didn't quite make it, it's time to talk about 
TXE, KNP, the two really fantastic players who will be representing us at the World Championships. Sol, uh, Ron is our friend, so we're allowed to call him Ron, not TXE. <laughs> I would absolutely love your thoughts, first of all, on Ron and his addition to the representatives of, of OCE over the last few years. Yeah, I um I watched a lot of his run, and um I mean, look, I was obviously very very impressed with his play, right? Um, I think that like you know, he's definitely a player that's you know been there on the scene for like a decent amount of time now, quite a while now, but not quite sort of I guess in everyone's like spotlight, if that makes sense, right? Like I I think like he's somebody that you know most people have heard of, that most people know, but like maybe haven't paid too much attention to like his actual like play, if that makes sense. I yeah, so like that's just the yeah, that's just like a long way, a fancy way of saying that like I was quite impressed with his run. Um, I didn't think that he played flawlessly or anything. I think that there were obviously mistakes made, but hey, look, I I, I feel like I keep preaching this in like especially in high pressure tournament situations. Nobody's gonna play perfectly. Like you can't expect them to make like zero mistakes. You can't expect them to see every single possible you know decision tree. And yeah, I I I think he absolutely deserves you know every bit of wrecking like every bit of you know qualification every bit of respect um you know you could you could like meme and say like oh it was augmentive oh you know he only got there because of tiny titans which propelled him to a top four by the way that game was insane but i will say that like that would be like if you say if for anyone who says that you would be overlooking like the entire like 98 percent of the tournament that he had to play like very well to even like get into that spot right where you know he had the chance to sort of high roll so yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say other than, like, I feel like he played quite solid. Um, he knew the boards. He was, like, you know, he he he, he understood how to play the boards that he was going to play. Um, you know, he, you know, he rolled when he needed to, and obviously he got there, right? So, yeah. And um, purely talked about Ron, but uh, so there's also KM, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, KMPNGSRS, whatever, whatever it is. I think we'll stick with, we'll stick with <laughs> but, um, KMP for now. But, KMP, um, let's do KMP. Yeah, he KMP. also, like, I, yeah, I can't comment too much other than, like, I mostly watched other perspectives. But he was definitely a menace. You know, he was definitely a menace in the entire tourney. Um, like, day three, uh, definitely, like, there was some high roll. As I said, as I said earlier with Ron, right? Like, to purely say things like, oh, you know, this person only got there because they high rolled this, 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 you would be completely overlooking whole other like the whole like the, all the other days that they had to play very well to even get to this spot right like you could say that like oh six games is enough sample size well you know the thing about these regional tourneys these three-day events is that like it's not six games you're playing you're playing 18 games and you know if you don't play out of, out of your mind in a sample size of 18 well i mean i don't know what else to tell you like <laughs> no one's no one's no one's locking their way to a top two you know to a top two out of a out of a especially in a field as strong as it was for regionals agreed uh totally totally agree with you Keith, um, the Oceanic representatives from your perspective. Man, I didn't really watch any of their POVs, not gonna lie. But they all, both of them placed really highly in um, the, the all three days, right? Mm. I think yeah. Campy was like third 1-1 one, one in yeah. terms of um, placement uh like in uh all three days so that's that's fucking insane i've seen it on letter but it's been a while uh since i played also <laughs> but he's been a beast honestly i've been expecting to um i didn't expect him to do that well in uh uh this tourney because i just didn't really know much about him right i don't think many people did right um but he, he had a game plan, he stuck with it, and he kind of smoothed on everyone, so, yeah. And then Ron, uh, I know him as, like, a very, like, calculative guy. Uh, I think the first time, like, the one of the first, like, conversations I had with him was, like, uh, back in set, uh, what was it? Set 3? No, set 5, I think. It was Aphelios. He was like calculating the BIS Aphelios. It was like Titans, i.e. Rageblade or something. It was like 
uh, you need those three items or you can't play Affiliates or something. And I was like, <laughs> okay. he was on my stream, and I was like, okay, bet, I'm going to try it. And I went eighth. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I can't tell this guy's serious or not. <laughs> but like, I think he played pretty well. Um, He also plays pretty well in, uh, I think he, what did he place in those three days? Uh, I think it was middle of pack day one. It was middle of like, pack day one. No, it was top. What was it top two? I think it was something like two. I don't, six, I don't have the on my head. Two six two or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, you know they he played. He still played well. Like he, you can't say he didn't play well, right? Yeah. But like yeah, I feel like uh, I I personally didn't expect him to uh make it because uh I was just focused on like you know Angora and Kare, but. He pulled off all his games, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, a huge congratulations to to the two of them, and you know, guys, like I, you know, I, I'll speak for myself personally. You know, I we do a lot of preparing for this podcast in in different ways, watching vods, uh, talking to people about different things. You know, making sure that we're all up to date. Uh, I spent the last three days looking for literally any information about um, KNP like that I could find. And that was really difficult. It was like really difficult to find information aside from like some solo queue games and obviously a really impressive tournament performance. So uh, coming out of a big tournament like that, you cannot ever say that the, the I mean, unless like every single augment they took or something was the highest win percentage augment at every time uh and that they just won every lobby because of it you know that like they deserve to be where they are and a big congratulations to the two of them they're gonna make um oceania very proud just like our previous representatives uh, have as well and a really good luck to them um i would like to finish off talking about regionals now by talking to you guys a little bit about the production of it all uh in person forecasters for uh, a really great event um uh, separated by quite a few long breaks overall i think every day got longer than the previous day which is understandable sometimes in tournaments and i know i know uh soul for example he's uh, he and i have probably been in very similar situations where you're playing in a card game tournament and after four rounds of the card game tournament it's been six and a half hours instead of three hours and you're sitting there and it's three o'clock in the afternoon and you haven't even had a halfway break yet um so these kind of things are very common when it comes to to events that's like that's why this. you always bring the you always bring the tactical trail mix and the tactical apples yeah that, that, that gets you through the day exactly that's, that's the hack exactly <laughs> um so i just wanted to know from your guys perspective like you watching are you watching the tournament broadcast we're obviously watching our friends all at once like solar i'll start with you what did you think about the broadcast experience overall oh i think it was, i thought it was great I, I i thought it was really really well done um especially for like you know look let's face it here in oc we're a, we're a tiny tiny speck compared to other regions the rest of the world right compared <clears throat> to like giants like na china like EU, you know, we're very, very small. So, you know, the fact that we were able to, um, the fact that, you know, they were able, like, order got together a whole, like, broadcast team in studio, in person, you know, considering, you know, COVID and everything that's happened, right? It was, it was really great to see, you know, people interacting, like, casters, analysts interacting with each other in the flesh. Uh, it was really, really great to see. Um, yeah, I, I mean, shout out to the whole team. I, I think they did a really, really great job. Yeah, totally agree. Um, Keith, your thoughts on sort of the overall experience of the broadcast? Yeah, I watched main broadcast a bit, and uh, uh, I love Frosty, right? So I think he did a fantastic <laughs> yeah. job. Ducky was pretty, really good as well. And then Slurpy, she, um, uh, I watched her like all three days, and she improved a lot uh, in terms of being comfortable in front of the camera. So uh, I'm very happy for her. Uh, hopefully we get to see more of her, and 
yeah, I think it was a pretty fun event to watch. Totally agree. And that last guy needs to take his shoes off the couch. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't <laughs> <do that>. um, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about if you're out there. Take your shoes off that damn couch. Um, guys, that's pretty much, I mean, look, regionals, it's a really big event. A huge congratulations to Ron and to, to KMP for for making it this far. It's a totally deserved feat, and they're going to do us really proud. Um, I think that's a really good place to leave it. You know, a big congratulations to everybody who played, and you know what, the closer, the closer you were this year and you didn't make it, the more drive I hope that gives all competitors to come back strong next year. And um, realistically, what I mean, what else can we say aside from justice for SCA as well? You know, we want uh, we want Southeast Asian representatives at, at our World Championships. That chest. That chest. Guys, we're going to talk about the current meta now of Teamfight Tactics. Cannot believe it. There is still a patch going on. In fact, we're coming up towards the World Championships. So I'm going to start with Sol and ask you, a man who was late to this podcast because he was playing Six Arcanist <laughs> Jinx 2, uh, what your thoughts are on the current meta? Uh, I mean, look, it's no secret. Pass is not that balanced. Uh, to be honest, this might be a semi-hot take. I don't think it's that hot of a take. I don't actually think the reason this patch is like not very good is purely because of like Hextech and Silver. I think the bigger problem lies in the fact that like an entire tree being AD was almost completely like nerfed slash gutted across the board, and then like everything else was untouched on the other side. So that like the way you sort of ideally really want to post the game right now is mostly just via like an AP tree. There are a lot of things you can actually flex in that sort of space. But yeah, that's the general sort of play to play the patch, I would say. It's it's not quite a 2020 server patch, and that's the only thing you can play. It's also definitely one of the more inflexible patches. There are a lot of units, like, namely Irelia, uh, that, yeah, just don't feel very good to play. <laughs> and uh, have been uh, hit, hit a bit too hard with the, uh, the nerf hammer. Yeah. Um, Keith. Your thoughts yep. on sort of the current patch and, and how we're looking as we sort of head up towards uh, towards the World Championships. Okay, so I only have, um, let's see, how many games do I have? I have five games. So the first game I played off the patch, I went eighth. I just FF. Because <laughs> I had like, there was triple server and triple Arcanist and two Warwick players. I just went eighth. Uh, and then the next game, I didn't get uh, I didn't get any balls, and I still managed the top four. That's fine. That's didn't I just didn't want to play Silver Warwick or like Lucian. I just wanted to try like other things because I'm not um I'm not a very like I don't really play meta basically. I always like to try to find counters to the meta, and so uh, I've been playing. A lot of Zeri. Uh, Zeri Kaisa. So I'm just having fun. Is it they're actually lit? Uh what else? Fuck Ziva. That shit's <laughs> that shit's <laughs> Holy shit. Um how about Warwick? Elephant in the room. Warwick, your guys' thoughts? The dog in the room. Get it. Get, yeah. it. Get out of my sight. <laughs> Just kidding. Kind of. Not really. <laughs> um, Warwick answer, fetched um, Look, my answer is that there's always going to be some degenerate real cop that you can play in the game. There's always going to be something that's out of line, you know? Last set, it was, it was Katarina. So it's Warwick. I mean, there's... The, the names change, but... uh. Will always be uh, there will always be someone to assume that throne of cringe. I mean, look, you can go back to as early as set five. Uh, it was it was LeBlanc. So and then set five and five, it was, it was just Thano. So that is almost an inevitability in the game. There's always going to be some degenerate real comp that is like probably out of line, right? But 
Yeah, I will say that uh, Warwick is in a frustrating spot, particularly, and I think it's particularly because uh, some of the traditional counters to Warwick, like uh, Aurelia, like Draven, have you know had their base AD nerfed. They've had the units around them nerfed. So a lot of these sort of traditional answers to that board don't really exist anymore and don't really function well in the meta. So yeah, it definitely doesn't feel too great right now. Agreed. Um, Sharpshooter in Italy, um, uh, Zaya with Shiv. Sorry, I just wanted to keep going on your thing. Yeah, yeah, there's always some degenerate real cop. <laughs> there be ones, twos, or threes. There's always yeah. something. Uh, always Predator something. Cogmore. Um, sorry, <laughs> stop now. <But> no, <laughs> <laughs> I totally, totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. There's always a reroll con that's really good. Um, guys, as it so happens, a uh, couple of hours before the podcast, you know, we get notes that we are actually getting a B patch, a patch that will last us through until the World Championships. So I think it would be helpful if we sort of went through it and talked about some of the changes that we're uh, expecting to see from it. Uh, I'd like to start, first of all, with the singular augment change that they're making, and that's um, nerfing the damage reduction of assassins from Smoke Bomb. Uh, Keith, Smoke Bomb, very high, sort of high win percentage gold augment, you know, very, very good. Um, where do your thoughts stand with assassins right now, Twitch and Talon specifically? I don't really play them that much. Um... Mm. It's also like really niche to play, honestly. It's like <laughs> up there is like what DJ calls. I mean, Sinzo has always, you know, people have always have a love love hate relationship with Sins, right? Either you only play Sins, or you never ever play Sins at all, right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I like the smoke bomb nerf. Also, I'm, I'm looking at uh, tactics tools, and it's like the highest uh, gold like. Uh, Win rate augment. So yeah, makes yeah. sense. I'm a never sinner. Uh, I would not play sins. I would. Never I don't. Do I don't sin either. You you can look at my match history. It's clean. <laughs> last set yeah. though. Last We're set, all though. clean. Set, I used to. Just... I used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last set. Last set. I played a lot of sins, but uh, this set, uh, my match yeah. is just clean. I, 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 I'm pure. Yeah, I've been clean yeah. since Dark Star Shaco. <laughs> really, since then, I'm I'm reformed. Uh, same, Twitch, same, same. Twitch gets a nerf. Uh, next up. Uh, additional mana to cast uh, uh, Soul. We sort of just started talking a little bit about these kind of things. Twitch, to be perfectly honest, I haven't seen all that much of it. Where? What are your thoughts? Nerf on... feels weird. Really yeah. weird. Uh, I remember reading the patch notes earlier, obviously for prep. It was very confused with this change, personally. Um, I feel like there's something I don't know. Maybe there's something in the data that I don't know. But um, Considering that uh, innovators across the board were nerfed. Last patch, uh, Twitch had his base AD nerfed along with everything else. Twitch was already a unit with quite bad base AD, so that base AD nerf compounds everything. Um, it's weird because, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think Twitch reroll is particularly out of line. I've seen it top four some lobbies, but I've also seen it go eighth quite a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know about this one. Um, I feel like there's something they know that I, the devs know that I I don't know. I think Twitch is pretty bad. Like even with if, so even even before this, mm. unless you had tiny titans. Let's <laughs> get tiny titans. Yeah. Look, it's a weird one because like they, they have made a real big point about nerfing, like Twitch one and Twitch two especially as well. Like you used to. Earlier patches of this set, you could actually item carry Twitch 2 for a good portion of the game, as with some other one-cost units like Ezreal and, and uh, you know, Caitlyn's still good and, and those kind of things. But pl putting items on Twitch now feels really bad. <laughs> like, really, really it bad. It feels really bad. <laughs> feels yeah, really, I don't really buy bad. that unit, so I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, it was definitely a unit back in set six, especially back in the Urgot days. That was just a very solid, like, open. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, right. Mm. This really set good is just. I don't this set is it's. He's always felt entirely specifically a reroll unit. Like he's one star and two star version are just awful. Spikes at three, but he needs to scale with frontline. Now this change just makes it so that he's one and two star just are even more god awful. The the reroll comp is worse, so there's no point holding twitches anymore. 
That's a public service announcement. Don't buy this unit in shop. You see him? Ignore him immediately him. sell him back. Yeah. Don't buy this unit. He's gonna be bad for a really long time. Buy it, then sell it <laughs> so other people have a higher chance to get it in the next shop. Grief them instead. Um yeah, interesting one. Uh we've got two nerfs to Talon. Uh it's noted on the pat on the B patch notes that Talon was actually doing more damage at two star than he was supposed to on live. So we've got a 25, wait, no, sorry, a 75 spell damage nerf and a bleed nerf to Talon. Uh, I don't play this unit. There are players on the Oceanic <laughs> server that definitely do. Um, and sometimes, you know, Talon is actually a really good unit on Sage 2 just in general because it basically always kills a backline unit. It's a metabolic accelerator. Yeah. Yeah, two to health every round, exactly. Um, uh, Keith, so uh, thoughts on on this change to, to Talon specifically? So I think in all the games that I played today, there was one Talon player every game, and they all top forward. Um, maybe, yeah, it's because like of the... It was intended to do more damage, so they like save a lot more HP. And then, you know, they just... They're just really high HP compared to the rest of the lobby. So I'm glad he's getting a bit like touched. I don't really like playing around it. Uh because like you know how assassins, like when they jump, sometimes they just go one big round and they just go their carry. Even though you have um units in the back that uh what's the word? That uh try to bait them. And yeah. they just they just walk off. So yeah, I'm I'm down for um more <laughs> synapse. For sure. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, the dog in the room, as Keith beautifully put earlier, Warwick <laughs> gets a point oh five attack speed nerf. Uh, interestingly enough, the, this is a relatively uh, reasonable change, more than you would think it is by looking at such a small number. This uh, changes his ramp timing like quite significantly for such a relatively small nerf um so i'm gonna ask you if they if you think they should have done more to stop warwick oh spoiler alert there's more yes huh. <laughs> there's more but specifically not, to the the know. unit itself I'll, I'll ask you about the unit itself oh um no i'm actually see here's the thing i'm actually kind of okay with it because like i think like quote utility warwick should still exist like if you just happen to hit a warwick too naturally in your shops and you're playing flex you should be able to put him on your board and not just feel like he's a complete waste of space so i, I i'm all for like in general i am like all for not just completely gutting units you know like i say fun like you know i say things as a meme like you know delete this unit from the game but re in reality Deleting units from the game is, is very bad for game health in general. Like, we already discussed this with Titch. It feels so bad to get offered shops with units that just you know you can't buy because the game just, like, they're just they're not just very bad. Dumb. Like, they're, yeah. they're just terrible. Like, they're just objectively badly balanced and they're just way too weak, right? No one feels good about that. So, you know, I prefer their current philosophy. I would rather them hit multiple other areas that make it strong rather than just cutting the one thing that's strong, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting take there. Uh, we will come on to multiple Warwick nerfs later on in these patch notes. Um, Keith, the yeah. Lucian player, the man who has been playing Six Arc Lucian for a long time, uh, invented it, as he said in the prequel. Uh, spell damage nerf to Lucian. I think this is relatively significant to get him back into line. Yeah, he's just doing way too much damage though. I think mm. he just like like the fight ends in like ten seconds. If you if you've seen um like streamers play it like milk, he's he was like spamming it the other day. He was just one tapping everything. So I, it's I think it's good. Uh, I think it's good enough. Yeah. On a lot of B patches, we don't get a lot of buffs, uh, mostly because. To trigger a B patch, there has to be some really broken shit that's annoying everybody. Mm -hmm. So yep. we don't often get many buffs, but we do have two buffs 
Uh, one small, and that is sort of a revert of Draven's AD nerf from a previous patch. Uh, Sol, do you think this is going to bring Draven back into sort of... He's already reasonably popular. I, I will say it... that, like, yeah. you actually see Draven yeah. relatively often on this current patch. Uh, I think Draven's weak on this yeah. patch. Draven's definitely weak on this patch because of the AD nerfs, and I think that an a, like this AD buff is going to help a lot. Yeah. To remember that, like, I think, what, 5... Some, I'm, I'm gonna get the math wrong, but I think 580 translates to 1480. I think at Star Up, mm -hmm. uh, it's not just that; it's also the nature of Draven's spell itself, which further multiplies the AD. Right? He's also yeah. front. He's also a front to back carry that needs to chew through the front line first, and he's also a challenger who 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 scales off resets. So, it, like the smallest bit, you know, is the difference between making a reset or not. Right? So I, I think that this is going to help him a lot, and I think it's a much it's much it's a much needed buff, because um, yeah, I, I think the AD trade needs a lot of help. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's talk about Jin. Uh, we talk a lot on this podcast about Jin, just how to play it, why it's good, when it's good, how to make it work. Um, Twenty lower mana for Jin, allowing him to cast way quicker than pre on current patch. Uh, Keith, what are your thoughts on, on a change like this? I think this is, like, gonna make Jin really fucking good. I think this, is, this, is, this is, like, insane. I think um, I saw uh, something about it going to 60 instead. Not sure. Uh, he feels like low. He feels really, really low. Also, uh, with, he, yeah. with uh with buff, he uh, insta-casts. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're playing him with scholars a lot of time as well, so you don't even need blue buff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like you know, it's like it's an option, you know. Uh, it's yeah. cool, but uh, fifty is like a bit too low, I think. Yeah, interesting. But yeah. I'm also glad um Jin's getting some love, you know, because people haven't really been playing him at all, um in the set like everybody's like Sima Draven that's that's the backline 80 that they want that kind of thing right like four costs so I'm glad he's getting buffs but this might be uh this might be too big hmm well it'll be interesting to see if we get a pre-worlds patch but I doubt it at this point because this is probably I don't think I think worlds is on 12.7 12.7b. Yeah, Worlds is actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is Worlds patch. I'm pretty certain. Oh, interesting. Okay. 12.7b is Worlds patch. Yeah. So we get one patch, and we maybe will get a B patch for that patch. It should be a B patch, yeah. yeah. It's good, because, um, yeah, we've talked it a bit, but, like, I, I don't think the game's in a great state at the moment. I don't, I I don't want this to be a Worlds patch, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think they need a bit more time. They definitely need a bit more time to uh, bring some of these uh, 80 units up to being good and then i think we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a good i one. think this is a good step yeah uh we certainly need more than a little page to kind of fix a lot of the problems that are going on at the moment yeah 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 for sure um Siba, or as keith called it uh fuck that unit is getting an attack speed a spell <laughs> attack speed nerf uh it's not a lot to be honest this feels like one step towards another pretty uh, another nerf coming up basically i would say that this isn't going to change several that much um so your thoughts uh, um same thing right as i said earlier right like I, I think that this is the right way to go about nerfing units uh, i'd rather see small pushes in multiple levers rather than a big giant polarizing push i think any more like any like more significant percentage nerf on this spell attack speed would have just completely gutted the unit um so yeah I'm, I'm happy with this um i don't know what else to say siv is obviously a very very strong unit needs to be brought more in line but you know she still needs to be a, like she's a forecast carry she should be good right so yeah hmm keith yeah yeah i mean there's hex tech nerfs as well right so yeah uh this is for like uh we can just go about it again when we reach the hex tech again hmm but it's good, yeah. Civil, civil one's like too strong right now. Sure. So yeah. Uh, Arcanists, uh, definitely a significant part of the meta right now. Uh, team AP is going down at eight. 
and total AP for Arcanist is going down at 4, 6, and 8. Uh, this is, again, uh, Sol, of course, you talk about this a lot, incremental pushes in the right direction. I think that we will potentially be seeing some specific unit nerfs coming up after in, in the future, but this is a good a good way to sort of see whether or not Arcanists still dominate even after a little nudge at nerfing them. Uh, I mean, I will say that it's it, it has been nice and almost... I mean, look, I... I, I... I agree that currently the win rate's too high. They're a bit too dominant, but look, it, it has been nice for AP to finally get its sort of time in the sun, it's time to shine. Uh, it definitely has felt like a heavily sort of predominant AD-focused set, for sure. Um, even just down to the set design itself, like, there are far more AD-scaling champions in the pool compared to AP-scaling champions. So, I mean, look, it, I, I, obviously, you know, for anyone that has been playing ladder... AP is too strong, you know, it's not even just Arcanist, it's more like, it's more about what the Arcanist buff also enables you to play, like the other units that's, that are AP but aren't Arcanist, right? But I, I just want to get it in that it has been nice to, you know, for AP units to actually be good now, uh, instead of you just being like, oh, I, I'm not I'm not buying this Vex, so I, I'm not buying this, you know, Lucian, I'm not buying this blah 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 blah, you know, I, I just want to buy, I just want to play my Strikers and my Bruises and that's it, so, yeah. Hmm. I agree. Even going back to set six, there weren't very many AP options. Like Lux, we talked about Lux so much when set six was out about how bad it was and how annoying it was to play. Um, so I, I agree that it's nice to have a bit of polarization, like AD being really good, but also AP being really good as well. Uh, let's see where that, that ends up. I'm going to talk about Challenger and Chemtech together because it really affects Warwick and only Warwick. Um, aside from Robin at NA Regionals, no, nobody's really playing Trindamir. Um, so a overall nerf to four Challenger, six Challenger, and a damage reduction nerf by 5% on Chemtech. That's probably the biggest one, I would have to say, is the 5% damage reduction nerf. Um, Keith, yep. we talked about the, War the singular Warwick nerf. Uh, is this enough to prevent Warwick from being prevalent. I mean, this is pretty... I think it's pretty big, right? Yeah. It, I think big, it I makes think. it so, um... Like, uh, you know, everybody, like, all the Warwick players just roll down at level 6, 3-2, Warwick 2, Quinn 2, uh, Camille 2, Zach, Trin, and then, you know, uh, I think this will like, like make the board not win streak like super hard, right? Because usually once once you get that board, you just um you don't have to worry about stage three, you don't have to worry um early stage four, and then yeah, I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, I uh, totally agree with you. Uh, let's uh we we've sort of come back around to to Siva, uh, Hextech, magic damage is getting a nerf at six. And the shield is getting a nerf at 4, 6, and 8. Uh, Keith, you were saying that you had sort of more to say on, on this. I imagine that a lot of it is probably surrounding vertical hex tech specifically. Yeah. Yeah, talk I mean, us. I think the shield is like way too much right now. So I, I like the shield nerf a lot. Um, like, if you get first aid kit, that you, you just get free first um, when you <laughs> yeah, play hex tech. Because yeah. the shield is insane um i think the shield is actually more of the problem than the the magic damage it gives from uh the mm. next deck. so i'm glad the shield's taking like a pretty big pretty big hit yeah i agree remember when it was 600 for six at on the first patch is that right it was 600 <sighs> shields for six hex deck yeah um the good old days <laughs> Um, yeah, no, totally agree with you. I think Civil, like, Civil 1 and, like, just the, like, 1 Civil and 6 Hextech, right? Like, when you put that together, like, you can have it as early as, like, 3-5 a lot of the time. Like, fucking two people in the lobby have 6 Hextech. Yeah, if you hit Civil, 6 Hextech, you're yeah. chilling. Just 1-2-star you know. frontline or, like, alley 1, the rest of your board's 1-star, it doesn't matter. Mm. It really just, like, snowballs way out of control. So I think this is a good way to sort of Put it back into line you're not just gonna randomly start taking 15 
every round from a hex deck player now. Agreed, I don't think yeah. um, it's really big enough. I think so. Yeah. That's good. I also expect that more Hextech Nurse will be on the horizon. I do think that they will target Alistair, probably lowering his Oh, max. I think Alistair is uh, bugged. But that, that, mm. unit, that unit's AI is, uh, yeah, I don't know Weird. what's wrong with it. it is, uh... No, 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 no. As oh. in, like, um, oh. there's a mana bug with Ellie. Oh, okay, never mind. He's, like, gaining mana. Okay, I heard of a bug. It. I didn't know it was a mana bug. He's gaining, like, it's, it's a... It's good for like it's good for people who play Ali because he's gaining more mana. Ah, like he's like sometimes you see Ali one cast twice with no items. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. You know what? Now, now I'm starting to think about it. I'm trying to think about the last time I decided to DJ and play uh, Silver. No, that's not costed a lot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason. Yeah. And uh, finally, there's a Merc bug fix uh, in this patch notes. Um, and that's in double up. And it's for double up. Double, double, so it doesn't really matter us. you know um of course when we had Keith on the podcast initially it was a double up episode so in the end doesn't everything just come full circle i would like um since we've got you back on the podcast keith before we sort of go to question time and and wrap up the podcast i'd love to hear like how you know we had you on the podcast you said to us you guys are going to be the best duo in the world obviously uh, then they, they then wouldn't let you compete in the event. Like, uh, I don't want to bring up like painful memories, but I want to ask you a little bit about like the experience of playing like high elo double up with, with Jose and, and playing those kind of games. Uh, how was it for you? You know, it's something that I've been waiting to ask you to, to have you back on the podcast. It was really fun when we actually played those like high elo lollies. Cause uh, I think like, couple of the games where like everybody was exactly like one hp so two people could die and like it'd just be tough to i'm pretty sure so that was really fun but we haven't played double up like for months so haven't really touched it hopefully uh you know uh maybe in set seven uh if the set's good and if they have a uh, custom double up lobbies they probably have more like uh double up tournaments and maybe we can uh play yeah i like that um you know you guys talked a little bit about on that podcast I actually went back and listened to it before this episode you know you guys were talking about um the mechanics and things like that did you find it because they're obviously going to take it away they've already said that they're going to take it away and bring it back later how did you find the the mechanics of double up being able to give items being able to swap champions and things like that was it satisfying yeah it was fun like uh i mean i think it was still pretty like unbalanced because it was like everybody could just get like a free four like three stuff off loss but like you know it's it a um it's a bit too unbalanced but i think it was fun like just playing with uh someone else like both of you helping each other fix your boards uh that kind of thing is fun. Yeah. Great. Thank you for that. It'd be fun to, um, to ask Jose the same question when we get him back on the podcast. Uh, guys, we don't have too much, um, uh, we don't have too much else to talk about. We wanted to do a nice big recap on OC regionals. Uh, this is going to be the time where we sort of thank everybody for listening and ask for some questions from Twitch chat. And I will just say, while we are waiting, guys, we do have questions for, for any of us, and specifically for, for Kifa, a lovely guest, uh, to put them in the Twitch chat now. And guys, if you are listening to this on the podcast feed, from now on, we will be doing questions solely through our Discord. So if you want to join the Discord and ask questions for upcoming episodes, you can. The links are always in the description. And the same goes for anybody that's listening live. And I know we do get a lot of great live questions uh just from now on to help with sort of time management of the episode we're gonna uh just um save them for for discord and and go from there so if anybody's got any questions for any of us please let us know otherwise uh we're getting towards the end of the episode all right we have a question from dark lord asking what game are you the best at and i would like to say first of all that keith is the best at tft 
Purchase. <laughs> Uh, I would say that I was a better Pokemon trading card game player than I am TFT player, uh, but it's close. I haven't been to world. I haven't been to worlds for um, TFT, but I have for Pokemon several times. So that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I never. I, I never got to that level of Magic, but I was gonna say it's, for me, it's definitely like in form. And when I was in form, it's definitely definitely Magic the Gathering. Uh, yeah, didn't get to Worlds, but I got to the Pro Tour, which is pretty good. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, I think this is what happens when we get to the end of uh, these kind of episodes. We may get some silly questions. Um, I guess the only other thing I'd like to know from Keith specifically is what you've got coming up next. Uh, we talked a little bit in the pre-show about uh, what you're playing at the moment or, or what you're doing. What's... Um, uh, what's coming up for you on on stream? Will you be continuing to play TFT? Maybe branch out a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Cause like B patch, you never know what's gonna happen, right? Cause all the all the silver forces, all the Warwick forces, all the Arcturian players, like the, this this <laughs> thing just targeted all of them, right? Yeah. So, uh, we I'm definitely gonna play a lot of TFT still. Um, just waiting for like the B patch to go live. So, yeah, probably be streaming uh, every weekday. Nice. And um, Sol, I mean, uh, you are a TFT streamer again. You've started playing TFT on stream <laughs> uh, instead uh, of Elden Ring. Is um, is the passion there for you to be grinding out TFT right now? It's coming. It's coming back. You know, I think regional. I think it's always like that. A lot of people always get really inspired from watching things like regionals. Soon to be Waltz. I think the fact for sure. Um, yeah, I, I think that. I mean, if at least my immediate goal is to probably make an actual run on. Try to make an actual run on ladder. Because this is the time of the. This is the time of the season. The set. And then no one like all the all the full sweats aren't really playing ladder anymore. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like like the lobbies are a lot softer. So yeah, I might try to make a actual run on ladder. Um. In general, though, uh, it ha it has really um inspired me to to actually try to try to compete because uh, I mean, look, I, I love competition in anything. Uh, I have a massive history of just competing in in anything that I can compete in. So, TFT is no exception. Same. Nice. Um, Justice for C. <laughs> Justice for SEA. <laughs> look, guys, we got a question from the Twitch chat that I actually don't think is appropriate. Um, uh, after being made aware of something going on in the in the chat. However, I will say, um, here's my question that I'm going to ask before we end off this episode. Who's everybody's favorite character from Arcane? I'll start with you, Sol. Favorite character from Arcane. You know what? You know what? I think this is going to be a really unpopular answer, and I don't know why he's like not liked, but my favorite character is probably Jace. I like Jace a lot. I feel like his character arc... I feel like his character arc was very human. It was very relatable. Like he, he fucking make he does some dumb shit, makes some mistakes. That's that's just being a human, you know, a person. So, yeah, I, I like I like Jace. Uh, Keith, please answer my I, horrible questions so we can get out of here. <laughs> I think I think if uh, anybody has like watched my stream, they probably know. Uh, all my uh. What's the word? The alerts are echo. All the my my picture when I don't have cam on is echo pointing the middle finger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I always love that champ. I'm so happy that he was on. It was an arcane. So yeah, it's echo for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Good choice. Um, my answer is Heimerdinger, and now I won't explain why. Uh, guys, thank you for listening to the Roll Down podcast this week. I can't. Um, my name is Cutler, and of course, we stream this live uh, every other week. Um, stay tuned for the post episode when we reveal who's coming on next week. Uh, we have already revealed it, but it is very important, of course, that you stick around to hear it again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CutlerTFT, and a big thank you most importantly to my co-host Sol for joining us. Sol, thank you very much for being here. Where can people find you? 
Great to have been here as always. Uh, yeah, Sol underscore TFT at Twitch. Uh, and yeah, my Twitter handle is the same if you want to follow that as well. Thank you. And from our very special guest, Keith, uh, thank you once again for joining us. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the show. And of course, you're always welcome. Uh, and I'd just like to let you uh, tell people where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me on Chaos TFT on Twitch and on Twitter. And I stream like every weekday, most of the time. Uh, and yeah. Great. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of the podcast. So thank you very much for being here. And on behalf of myself and everyone, you've been listening to the Roll Down TFT podcast. And we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.